Howdy, everybody. This is Nick Valdez, your producer and best friend for The Morgue, presented by CorpseSweed.com. Now, this is just a warning that there are a lot of spoilers in this episode, so make sure you're all caught up before listening in. Okay, let's get on with the show. I'm doing all right you know it's it's already the end of december man wow. uh, dude it's like two weeks till christmas right <laughs> yeah <laughs> two weeks till christmas and like the golden globe nominations just dropped walking phoenix is up there for the joker that's all we're going to talk about right oh. now, real quick oh really like uh so there wasn't anything else of note like of just that stood out to you and in, in, in general no not really in general but uh, you know what though this is why we have the first annual Toe Tag Awards <laughs> for the reason of uh, of not having the movies that we liked uh, actually yeah. on that ballot, right? Yeah, honestly. Um, uh, so welcome, folks, uh, to uh, the more the official Corpse Feed podcast, uh, official episode 16, I believe, right? Yes. Um, uh, and this is the episode of the first annual Toe Tag Awards. And let's start it with just, you know, the shit of the trash of the yeah, shit. Yeah, let's, get the, let's right? get the bad stuff out of the so way, So on this list, we had big disappointments like Hellboy and La Llorona. And we had movies that we didn't know what to expect, like The Dead Don't Die and Velvet Buzzsaw. But we both agreed that the worst Oh, and movie, then uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah, Godzilla was also on that list. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to give it a rewatch on a different day. Just to see yeah. some, some of the action. It's it's better than the worst. Yes, you know, it, it's not it's not going to win this, but it was also in there. It was we disappointing. Yeah, it yes. was a big disappointment by far. But Hellboy was a bigger disappointment, I think, because right. of uh, of David Harbour being involved, right? Um, yes. And but we both agree that La Llorona is by far the worst movie of the year. Having, yeah, the the curse of La Llorona. Oh uh, yeah, part of the Conjuring universe, but it was very yes. <laughs> a very minimal addition to the Conjuring universe. Um, and on top of that, it was a rated R movie that didn't make good use of the rated R. So mm-hmm. that alone is. A fucking sin in my book. You have the fucking stamp of rated R, so just go for it. Um, yeah. And they didn't go for it. They gave us a very PG thirteen, uh, very bland movie, and it was uh, a disappointment. Um, so we'll move uh, right ahead out of that. And uh, the worst movie of the year definitely is by far La Girona. Um I hope there's. Um, it'd be cool to see some kind of like additional footage if there is. Um, to see if there was a different vision or a different way that they envisioned that yeah, whole story, right? Like maybe, maybe when they pitched it, it was an R. You know, maybe it was like a little more gory, something. Yes, like something that would make the the R make sense. Or- yeah, because it didn't make sense at the end. You know what it is? It's the kid shit. We always yeah. talk about it. Just because a couple kids got killed, everybody fucking went crazy. <laughs> All right. It's a curse. But, uh, that's the curse of La Llorona, though. All you, that you, crying and shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's move right along uh, to the best stream of the year. Um, and uh, I definitely dug Black Summer this year. Um, it was um, a 
a branch off of that sci-fi channel zombie show Z Nation. Um, mm-hmm. But Z Nation has a more black comedy tone to it. The, the The creators wanted to go serious on this one, and they definitely delivered a very awesome zombie uh, kind of miniseries. Um, in the likes of um, 28 Days Later um, and 28 Weeks Later, it was very good. I highly recommend it. Um, and the others on this list as well were actually pretty good, but this one I think was just solid overall as a nice story. And on top of that, um, it just got renewed for season two. So let's keep a lookout for that one. But on so, yeah, congratulations, Black Summer. Black you did Summer, it. you did you've, it. You've earned the official uh, the Toe Tag Award for the, the Toe best, Tag uh, Award for the best stream of the year. Yeah, um, congratulations. Uh, but uh, t- for the other nominees, Creep Show, uh, Necrotronic, and Hole in the Ground. You know, good show. You know, yeah, they were show. good, but just not. You know, it's it's one of those things where our awards are just. It's just got to be a little bit better. The one that it's it's always just a little bit of a you know. It's yeah, like, because oh, there's so just many. A little bit better. You know, yeah, there's so many, and uh, uh, we have to sift through all this stuff. So we just choose mm-hmm. the best and our favorites as well. Yes. Um, and uh, hopefully your favorites too. And moving right along, we go to uh. Let's hit a major category over here that uh, we both agreed in unison uh, of the winner. For Best Director of the Year, we had uh, uh, Jordan Peele for Us, uh, uh, Andy Muschietti for uh, It Chapter 2, Alex Aha for uh, uh, Crawl, we had Ari Aster for Midsommar, and we had uh, Mike Flanagan for Doctor Sleep. And we both agreed that Mike Flanagan definitely deserves this award, hands down. Um, just for his work in horror in general and the fact that he was able to bring us a Shining sequel that we didn't know um, we kind of wanted, right? Uh, yeah. Like, it was, I didn't really need one, but then I saw it, I was like, huh, you know what? That was a really good addition that I kind of wanted to find out more about the story of Danny Torrance and what happened with him and all that stuff. So that was really cool. And uh, he definitely created a really good story um, out of this horror universe and he made it a very entertaining story at that. Yeah, it's the perfect, like, we, we've we talked about before how horror gets more action-y now. So it's the perfect example of that. The Shining is like straight up psychological horror movie. And this one is like, it's more like a superhero movie with like a supernatural twist to it, you know? And this... It's so well-balanced in what it does. It's full of cool visuals. It's got, like, the right people cast. Like, they're not too, like... they Like, the, the most famous one by far is Ewan McGregor. And he's a huge star, but he's also not, like, a huge star. He's fucking you know Obi-Wan, I mean? though, man, you know? Yeah, he's Obi-Wan, but he's also, like... No one else is as big in the cast. Like This is, I, this is true. Yeah, so it's, I like, agree. it's... It's well balanced like that, where it's like it's all perfectly cast, and it's all it, because you kind of buy that it's its own separate world, you know, and it, it's its own town away from everything else, and it just makes I don't know, yeah, it, it's uh, so cool, yeah, like, exactly. He was able to make kind of a a really entertaining story that we kind of. I personally had my doubts, honestly, because The Shining yeah. is very long, very dragged out kind of story. Um, and, and that's all Kubrick, you know, but, uh, uh, we didn't know what to expect and we got a very 
entertaining, very watchable movie. It had its little moments there where it slowed down in the middle because of character development, but it was a very well-told story, very well-weaved together, um, very good use of action, uh, very good use of um, of effects as well in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it had some good kills in it. It killed kids, which is always great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we always like a, a good child killing here on Corpse Feet. <laughs> Honestly, because that's the thing. If you're going to do it, do it. We've always yeah. said this. And they fucking did it. They fucking gang killed this kid. It was fantastic. Uh, there were other good directors this year. Uh, Jordan Peele, for us, uh, almost vo- made my vote. Yeah, Jordan like, Peele it, it was, was really good. Uh, I remember in the in the previous, uh, in the nomination show, we spoke about him and how he was so good at using uh, the character the characters he created in terms of light and visuals because he used a primarily black protagonist cast. Um, mm-hmm. He makes really good um, use of their complexion. And when there's blood on their complexion and the moonlight on their complexion and the light and their eyes, and it just looks fantastic. And yeah, he knows what and- he's doing. It's always a little subtle, too, because then you get the tethered who are, like, completely evil. So they're just, like, lit just a little bit darker. Yes. Then, like, then, the, yeah. then they're always looking yeah. just a little bit. It's a little darker on their side of the room than the family side. And, you know, because of the fireplace and all that. So they're, like, facing away from it. Yes. And, you know, it's it's little – it's smart stuff like that that, like um, – that almost, almost got the vote for me. But it's – it's that the fact that the monologue at the end, the fight between the Lupitas, like that, th- th- that's where yeah, it kind of falls apart for it me. It kind of strays away, you know. Um, it doesn't do the job of our winner, Mike Flanagan, where he was able to successfully kind of get all these crazy ideas yeah. together. Um, and, and then and then stick the landing. Yes, like it, you, exactly. They have Good to point. stick the landing. Like and for, Good way to do for it. me. Yeah, and for me, Jordan Peele's Us was close. It yeah. just didn't quite do it. Uh, as for the other nominees, uh, Ari Aster, Midsommar, completely bright. Uh, yeah, full we, kudos. Yeah, full yeah, kudos. We really like the way he uh, really emphasized horror and the and violence in very um, bright settings, and that's very difficult to do. Um, but when it came to the actual focus of everything it seemed more of a kind of film student passion project than yeah. a story in it's, terms of like you know making sure it's professionally you know hollywood done you know what i mean yeah like it's you know it's got a lot of stuff where if you look back on it you'll like it more but you know while that's good at the same time it's different when you're actually watching it. So it's like, that's why Mike Flanagan got my vote for Dr. Sleep. Cause it was like, it was a solid experience that I liked that I liked more when I started thinking about yes, it instead of yes. like something that I watched that I was like, I get it. And I look back and I'm like, Oh, it's this. And then it's this. And then it's this. I, I had a great experience with Dr. Sleep. Yeah. So it was I, a fun movie to watch. Yeah. And for like, for this, just the general direction he took with it. I mean, uh, that's why he got the vote. Yeah. Yeah, I congratulations, agree. Mike Flanagan. Mike it, Flanagan, it's, it's ex- a solid way to end that decade, dude. He had a great fucking decade, man. Um, yes, and we expect great things in the future. He already has lined up uh, the, the season two of his house on uh, house on 
what uh, haunting at hill house haunting at hill house but it's like yeah. i forgot the name of the sequel but um it's season two of that we got that going so he still has that that uh, netflix uh contract going on yeah. um uh, he has uh, what was it he was flirting with friday the 13th uh, no i'm sorry with with uh a nightmare on elm street yeah he was uh he was thinking about not, or he he went on Twitter saying he had a pitch for it. Yeah, listen. and then like we've mentioned before, where it's like, man, if you if you turn down something like Halloween because you didn't have an idea, I wonder what happens when you have the idea. Oh my you god, know? I know <laughs> that's so exciting. And um, I'm listen. We've said it before. We're excited for everything he does and anything yeah. he puts out or his name oh. is attached to. We will be we'll be Seeing- watching. Dude, seeing what he did with the hotel in Doctor Sleep, like, oh, can you imagine that applied to Freddy Krueger dreams? Like, dude, that was great because oh. it was like a big like obstacle course, a big um, yeah, a big um, it had like every room was something different. You had he the, knows he the knows flashbacks. haunted houses, dude. He knows like he really, imagine if he does a legit haunted house movie. Oh, dude. I mean, well, that's yeah, and then like because, because haunting at Hill House was like it had a lot of like character drama and all that stuff. But right. imagine if it was like you're stuck in this haunted house. Oh, true, like a like a solid two hour haunt like haunted house movie. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, that'd be fucking oh. great. Give but, him a uh, Conjuring movie, dude. Oh, uh. God. <laughs> I, I, I just creep myself. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah. So we also in this category we had Alex Lahoffer crawl. We just both agreed that the action in this movie was was very well done, and the yeah. pacing was well done. Suspense was well done. Um, and lastly, in this category, we also had Andy Muschietti for It Chapter Two. We both agreed that uh, um, he did a very good job tying everything together and uh, and just kind of making this It experience for the new fans and the old fans uh, a very unique once in a lifetime kind of thing that is going to stick with us forever. Yeah. But it did win because because uh, it kind of you kind of feel it. You ain't my Flanagan feel- brother. Because <laughs> you kind of feel it. And, yeah. And while in Doctor Sleep, you do you feel, feel it. it time. You you feel it in Doctor Sleep, but at the same time, it's world building, and you know that's why it won. You know. Yeah. Uh, let's get into a um, a cool little topic. Uh, this category uh, is full of gore. The best kills of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. We have uh, on this list. We have. Ready or not, Midsummer, oh, yeah. Death Day to You, um, uh, and Brightburn. Uh, so we had a nice little back and forth about this, you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, uh, spoiler alert, I personally um, really dug the the Midsummer death scene. There's just, oh, yeah. There's a several death scene in Midsummer. Um, for instance, when the like, expiration uh, of life. Yeah, which one? Which one's your favorite, though? My very you favorite can... is right in the beginning, where um, Florence Pugh's sister, yeah, um, uh, commits murder suicide and kills her parents with this very kind of elaborate um system of uh, of hoses going from a car exhaust all the way up into the bedrooms and like taped and gas masked pretty much to their faces and and that's how she killed her whole family except for her sister was in a different state so uh in that is we're hit 
<laughs> pretty fucking major. Yeah, it's with it's that. one of those things where it's like it sets up such a such a vibe and such you're put on such a sense of alert. You know what I mean? It's just, but it makes sense though because it it admits so much. You don't get a lot of in your face horror moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, that one in the beginning, for instance, um, in Hereditary, right? Um, when the sister's head gets fucking chopped off by the the fucking light post, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's right in your face and pretty close to the beginning of the movie. Um, it, the same thing happens here in Midsommar where he gives you, um, Ari Aster gives you this, this intense, very violent scene and that kind of carries a horror tension um, and horror feeling all the way through um, the movie. So you're always expecting some crazy shit to happen and you get you get little hints and flashbacks of that kill uh, throughout the movie but you he successfully kind of gives you this horror while kind of not having a lot of horror in between until yeah. all the shit goes down. You know what I mean? Um, but that kill is so substantial that it kind of carries the movie up until the other horror points come where you see like the bear get killed and where you see all the crazy shit happening in the movie. Yeah, yeah, because you know? the kills the kills are so elaborate. There's not many of them, but yeah. each one is so unique where you're like, oh, and it, it's it's such a visual that stands out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the um the the elders killing themselves to end their lives or As, whatever. Especially before. the one that just uh, like that didn't that die the first to, time yeah, around. That they have to put down. Yeah. And it's like zooms in on it and it's so bright and it's so like in your face and visceral. And when he and, landed like, on his on his feet, you just like felt yeah. his ankles breaking. Um that was really good body horror right there. Yes. Um, really good stuff. Yeah, that, then, that was good uh, stuff from Ariasta. Counter that counter that to a happy death day to you. Exactly. Where all the kills is when she kills herself and you get a montage of uh how ridiculous she's making it. You know what I mean? Where she's like running headfirst into like a, a wood chipper. She's um Yeah, it's uh, she's like drinking Drano and it's the, like how the, can I kill myself better? over and over again you know what i mean right um and it's it's pretty awesome it's very inventive it's fun yeah because the character is having fun and the actress herself is having fun with the role um and um it shows you some cool deaths but because of the rating obviously you don't get um the good stuff you know what i mean and the good stuff to us this year was brought to you by ready or not um where we had a lot of gore we had some crazy kills um we had some fucking blood in your face um, yeah it's this movie had a little bit of everything man it did because like uh all of the kills are like by accident you know and it's it's crazy because you know it's yeah she fights back against them but it's she it's so smart about how it stays hide and seek throughout the entire thing. Yeah. It's not like a standard death game where she's like killing them before they kill her. Exactly. It's it's all like she's literally just trying to escape them and hide and you know and all the but there's still a body count cuz like the maids and the help keep dying. Yes. You know. There's and- a <laughs> yeah, there's a major body count. Um and as you mentioned before, the the writers and the filmmakers find a good way to um, downsize the cast bit by bit with these random kills, especially yeah. with, with the maids. For example, they get killed as one just kind of sets off a crossbow and one of them thinks uh, it's the bride, so she shoots by mistake. So you get these kills 
that are sprinkled throughout that aren't really supposed to be there, but they just yeah. give you these random kills to kind of spice things up. Yeah, um, it's to keep it's to keep the action and the tension up. Yes, you know where yes. it's like, oh, people will die. You yes, know what I mean? exactly. Yeah. And then we get uh, some awesome. Uh, some very inventive kills with with the dumb waiter as uh, Samara Weemi's character Grace. Um, it pushes the dumb waiter button and crushes the maid that's hiding in there. Yeah. Um, and then we get uh, some awesome uh, some awesome kills at the very end of the movie. Spoiler alert! Oh um, no, we we already uh, yeah we uh, put that in. So some very awesome kills where everyone just fucking blows up. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. because it's it's how smart it happens too. So uh, for anyone who's seen Ready or Not, you know how it or it's it kind of it's it's a kind of a double fake out, you know, because the whole they set it up to where it's like, oh, uh, first it seems like <laughs> just like rich people hunting down this person just because they're hunting her down. You know what I mean? So first it seems like a, a normal kind of I don't know, just grounded kind of. Yeah, it seems you know like I mean? a, like a, a like class. A yeah, social exactly. class kind of kill, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, you're, then, she's a normie, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then as soon as they start talking about the deal and the cards, and it all starts clicking, where it's like, oh, then it's satanic. So then at the end, the whole thing is like, yeah, oh, it's really Satan. It's really Satan. And then they're like, oh, is it not Satan? And, yeah. You know, and, and then, you know, it's the double fake out, because it got me. Uh, did it get you? Like, Dude, it was... It was fantastic because yeah, like I was like, completely tricked by it, dude. I, I it, it, it got was me. great when they started just doing hail Satan. You're like, oh shit, it's a satanic movie, straight yeah. up. It's like, oh, it was confirmed satanic, and then when the sun came up, right? And yeah, then it's like, oh shit, it's yeah, not satanic. And then, and, 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 and then the guy was like, oh, I knew it. It was all bullshit. It was all bullshit. And then everyone was like, oh my god, we this whole time we thought this was gonna happen, and it, like. All of a sudden, one by one, and then, it, then it's actually confirmed up. to be yeah, like yeah. they just start blowing up, dude. Oh yeah, and it was great when uh, uh, Grace's uh, husband, I think his name is Alex, I think, right? Um, yeah. uh, he was apologizing about trying to kill her, pretty much, and he just kind of just blows up right in her face, and you see all this blood just dripping all over her. And she kind of it tastes it in her mouth and, and has this expression. Of just, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, great. She's kind of she's just laughing, dude. It's great because she kind of loses it. So it's like all of it's all it's such a good package. And there's kid death, like all, it just sprinkled on top. They kill some kids, you know. And she punches that little fucker in the face too. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's overall it has great gore. It has it's the best gore of the year. It's fun gore. It's not like. The excessive yeah. turning your stomach kind of gore you see like in Hostel and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, blood splatter explosion. Yeah, it's, it's like they got – it's like they blew up in Mortal Kombat. You know what yeah, I mean? They, it, got, it they was, got hit by a missile and blew up. It know? was really well done um, and they they made really good use of practical and CGI um, in that movie to make it very cohesive and very – just very fun you know it, it was a fucking dope movie to watch in terms of kills and shit very unexpected yeah. um but uh yeah we're gonna talk more about ready or not later on down the line um uh, but congratulations ready or not for the best kill of the year you got the first toe tag for that one um <laughs> uh, the next movie uh we both agree on this category is uh the the next of kin award the best reboot slash sequel of the year. Um, and we 
there were three Stephen King movies in this yeah. category. <laughs> uh, Pet Cemetery, right? It, Doctor Sleep. Um, uh, we had to kind of like really dwindle out the categories, uh, the nominees a little bit, I should say. And we had a pretty, pretty solid, uh, a solid bunch for this one, actually. Um, and the nominees for the next of kin award are we have it chapter two it's the remake of the f- famous stephen king novel it that miniseries that happened a long time ago right uh, we have dr sleep which is a sequel to the shining we have pet cemetery which is a direct reboot of the stephen king novel um, we have Stranger Things season three, um, and we have the reboot of Are You Afraid of the Dark, uh, which was pr- which was unexpectedly pretty fucking cool, man. Yeah, out of yeah. nowhere too. Yeah, out of nowhere, like, especially because it's like a Nickelodeon like special TV thing, and you know, and Nickelodeon has a reputation for being like, yeah good for kids, but like uh, something we got to tolerate. Yeah, th- they did a good job. They did a good job with that one, and. Uh, we also spoke about Stranger Things. We have a full episode about it. So go mm-hmm. check that out in the archives, right? Um, we also spoke about um, It Chapter 2 at length and Doctor Sleep at length. Yeah. So you guys can all check that out. Uh, I know I spoke about Pet Cemetery, um, And we, uh, me and Tex both agree that uh, It Chapter 2 really yeah. embodies this award. Because when I heard there was a new It coming out, uh, we were all kind of skeptical, right? Yeah. We were all kind of like, really? Yeah, it was one of those, like, who was asking for it? Yeah. And then on top of that, we were like, who was the director really? Uh, What has he done that really, you know, got us captivated? And I honestly couldn't think of anything. What did he do before this? It was Mama. He did Mama before Mm. this. And so okay. it was one of those things where, like, Mama was good. Mama but was then good. To, like, to get something like this after, after Mama like, was a small good, but, horror movie. But yeah. also, Mama was good, but there was a big gap in between Mama and, and, and It Chapter One. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was, like, it was, like, four years or something like that. Yeah. Like, it, um, so uh, we didn't know exactly what, uh, what to expect. And we got this really awesome collective movie uh, uh, with Part One and Two. That really embodies, I think, more the book than the original did. Um, it, it really took us to a place where we saw the young actors, right? The young characters uh, portrayed to their fullest. And we fell in love with them. And we wanted more of them. And we were we followed them all the way till they grew up. And we got It Chapter 2, where it kind of finalized the story. Um, that started and they did a good job of mixing in the flashback scenes kind of incorporating part one with part two seamlessly and giving us um everything we needed for that for that movie it was it was a fun movie it was a little long um but it was definitely um fun to see uh what they did with that yeah yeah it was it it's it was just an, uh, an entire experience that we just had to we had to acknowledge, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, it doesn't win the best kills because there weren't any and stuff like that. So it's like, I, I, to be honest, that's why I got my vote. I was like, you know what? It's a good experience. And 
Yeah, I, I just I want to give it something. Yes, it know? was like when Lord of the Rings won it for Return of the King. You know, yeah, it got it for the cohesive ending yeah. of this saga. You know, um, and, and he did a good job with both movies that it, he deserves to be shouted out. Um, mm-hmm. because it, it's tough, man. Uh, it's it's a lot of source material there, and they were able to kind of focus in and grab whatever actually worked. Um, yeah. So good job to Andy Muschietti um, uh, for uh, Next of Kin Award for It Chapter 2. Yeah, congratulations. Um, congratulations. Um, so he didn't get the best director, but look at that. He got the Next of Kin, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's a little something for everybody here at the Toe Tag Awards, right? Yeah. Um, and next up, we got uh, something we don't really talk about a lot here because we're just so focused on movies um, is uh, – is music, right? Um, yeah. Uh, I hear a lot of music every year, and I heard um, a bunch of albums this year that I really dug, and uh, and these are the albums that I really like this year, and I, I recommend them. Uh, so the top five albums, uh, should I do, you see, that's where I was a, a bit conflicted with this. Should I do or a just, top five? No, I would say just five of your favorites, you know, no particular order. You know, you like some more than you others know what? for some reason. That's great because because you know, that lessens the you know the burden yeah. on my shoulder. So my top five um, albums of the year—they're all very different and they're all very different moods. Um, and that's kind of why it's dope. It's uh, a little bit for everything. But uh, we have um, uh, the first album. We have Slipknot for "We Are Not Your Kind." Um, we also have. Uh, Year of the Knife for the Ultimate Aggression. Some straight-up hardcore over there. Uh, this was their first major debut album, uh, and it was really good. Uh, we also had the self-titled album for Astronoid, um, and they were super fucking awesome live. Uh, really good metal. Really good um, accessible metal. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, we also have a Cult of Luna with uh, uh, Fear of a Dawn or Dawn of Fear, <laughs> I forgot the title of the album, um, but it, it's uh, uh, it, it's really good. It's a long album, but it's musically very well composed and very well written, and um, I highly recommend that one entirely. Um, it's called uh, A Dawn to Fear. Each song is about kind of like eight minutes long, but trust me, it's it's good shit. And uh, and last but not least, it's uh it's my favorite, my personal favorite album of the year. Very listenable. Um, the fourth Periphery album, uh, called Hail Stan, which is great. because um, <laughs> at the end, at the very end of the album, the very last song, um, there's a clip of South Park of um one of the I think of the Canadians saying, "Suck my balls." Um, right, so nice. it's it's perfect. Um, but that album is really great. Really good choruses really good hooks um text i think you would definitely dig it um so guys um listen to music there's a whole bunch of music it's always tough to pick a best of the you know best music of the year so here's five albums that i really dug i hope you guys uh, check them out um but let's get back to some juicy heart um next up we have uh let's uh, talk about um best performance of the year mm-hmm. um this is a topic that we've gone back and forth you and I, Tex, we each had our favorites and we each agreed with each other's favorites too, yeah, uh, which yeah. made it which made it even more difficult to kind of decide a winner. Um, right. So uh, the 
The nominees for Best Reporters of the Year are Bill Hader for It Chapter 2, mm-hmm. Octavia Spencer for Ma, Samara Weaving for Ready or Not, uh, Florence Pugh for Midsommar. Um, we also had Lupita Nyong'o for Us and Rebecca Ferguson for Doctor Sleep. We automatically kind of gravitated to two of them. Uh, yeah, like I mean? it's it's a strong showing from the, like our nominations. That's why they're nominated. Yes. You know, Lupita Nyong'o in Us, she played two different characters, you know, and she played them very well, but it's it's one of those things where, you know, I I gravitated more towards some other performances. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I appreciate what she did, but it's that monologue, man. It really, it really broke it all for me. Yeah. You know, where it's like, I, you know, I was like, as much as I loved her performance, as soon as her character started talking more that, you know, like it was enough to get it in when she's speaking in the room, you know, because then it's like, oh, you know, it's setting up these things and this is the only time she'll talk. Yeah. It was, it was like an old school villain just just giving up the plan to Batman, you know? Yeah. It was, um, took away from the moment, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah, she, no matter how good her performance was, it's one of those things where it's like, even she couldn't keep that going. Yes. You know, correct. it's like not even a, a good enough actress as her could keep that rhythm going through that whole like climax. And that's where it is. And that's where, you know, and Rebecca Ferguson, she was great in Rose the Hat. You know, because your her character was layered, but you know, compared to you know someone like Octavia Spencer, for example, who yeah. who carried a whole entire movie and whose movie was pretty much re- who revolved around her character, and it was great because of her. Like she's so great, the movie's great. Yes, you know. But then you know, then when you think about it, some of these other characters demanded more, and this is where we get to our top two. Right? Yes, absolutely. We get to, Samara Weaving and Ready or Not, and uh, my that was your side, Archo. So my yes. like, so uh, um, so your your vote was for Samara Weaving, Ready yes. or Not. Yes, right? I uh, I got the great honor to watch Ready or Not once again um, the other day because I was just bored. Um, and Samara Weaving, let's just give it up, like. She does the physical acting. She does the emotional acting. She even has good comedic timing. Um, she delivers her lines in a way which are very natural and very kind of just like very in the moment and work for every sequence. Um, her physical acting, as we saw in Ready or Not, when she's just – you can tell she struggles at certain times. But you can also tell that she is – in the moment, she is physically there. Um, mm-hmm. There's a physical struggle in everything she does, um, especially when she gets stabbed and when she gets shot. Yeah. Like the she, the nail through her hand. Yes, like, it, um, when she got shot in her hand, but by that kid as well. Um, yeah, her physical and her emotional are like very well tied together. Where it's very primal, um, yeah. and uh, she has some very awesome moments that she has this. Um, kind of guttural scream where yeah. it it sounds fake, but it it sounds like a guy. You, you know that when you played a no Star Wars game and you fell off a cliff, <laughs> right? Oh, that Wilhelm scream. Right? Yes, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ah! So, yeah. So, so she has these moments of actually like 
of pretty like brilliant like grounded real time real emotional acting where her, it comes out um one moment in particular was when she she got free of the whole clan finally um after she escaped that knife and she got stabbed on the shoulder oh right? yeah yeah that fine those final moments man are yeah that's some of the best acting of the year man I and agree. she's and she's grunting at them like a caveman yeah you know, like you know like don't fucking touch me i'm back at i'm back to the primitive you know what i mean um I, i'm back at fucking ground zero where i started like where we all started like uh, just fight or flight and she has those moments and she showcases them very well um, and she also displays moments of just being a nice person, you know, yeah, um, being it, very it's, grounded. Like it, like it's, it's tough because like, you know, she's a beautiful actress, right? So it's tough to kind of get that from an actress like that, where you feel that empathy as well. Like, oh, you know, she's just, uh, she wants a family and, you know, she doesn't have much of her own kind of connections in life. So she wants yeah. to truly belong. And it's, you feel that, you know, like, like you don't feel like it's just another, you know, pretty blonde face in Hollywood over here. Yeah, you kind of you get in those shoes. She's real personable. Like, yes. It's real like, you know, you never stop rooting for her. Even when she like transforms into like this just pure violence just to survive, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you you never because like going back to the best kills, they're they're all accidents. Like she doesn't actually kill anyone until like she she loses it on the mom, and at that uh, point that it's already it's, a, it's already the, yeah yeah, and it's also a good kill. But at that point, like you said, she's such like she's so savage at that point, you know. It, so it's one of those things where it's like she doesn't kill until it's like the last thing she can do. And it's, exactly. it's it's very smart about that, and she's good at playing all that. That's why I I also agree with it, while at the same time I can't quite say yes yet, because then there's my argument for uh, Florence Pugh in Midsommar. Yeah. So Florence Pugh, as we've seen already, is going to be the next actress that starts popping up and everything. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, I'm just very like, excited uh, for her. Very just excited. like, what's, uh, what, what was her name from The Vivitch? Uh, um, the, uh, from Anya Taylor Joy, right? Yeah, and she she started showing up in Split, and then you know, and she started popping up in other things. And dude, she's Florence. in freaking Little Women. I don't know. She's um uh, in oh fuck, dude. She's in something recently. And, yeah, like coming she, up. She's also in something that's not horror, but it's like a remake of something or other, and she's the lead. Oh, the good lead for of her. Something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you're right. Florence Pugh is just one actress who, again, she pops up in the Black Witch, uh, I mean, in the Black Widow trailer. Yeah, right? she's in Black Widow. And... She pops up in the Little Women trailer as well. Yeah. Um, we, it... we see her in Fighting for My Family, that, uh, that page movie from WWE. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy. Like, I, it's one of those things where she's so good, I kind of forgot I watched her in that. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. I forgot that was her in Fighting With My Family. So, but, uh, um, but yeah, so your argument for Florence Pugh was pretty much what it boiled down to is that she is the movie, right? Yeah, because, you know, the whole thing, like we just mentioned earlier, why, why it didn't quite win Best Director, it's because you have to look back on it. You know, and at first, at first screening, you're kind of just taking it all in as a whole. 
But then looking back, the more you break it apart, the more you like you realize, or the more I realize, it's it's anchored by her performance. And without that, none of the like the rest of the world wouldn't work. You know, like the society is all built on relief, and it's all built on like emotional stability through like sacrifice of this other stuff. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like this complicit watching of violence, this complicit death. You know, where it's just like. This is me exploiting this other thing to make myself feel better. Yeah. You know, and, but at the same time, it's not focused on that. It's focused on the community from it. So it's like, yeah, the society's kind of twisted, but it's also like, it's not from the movie's point of view. You know what I mean? Yeah. From, we see it from her point of view, and it's a very like welcoming. Community. Exactly. So that community, um, they thrive off each other. So right. um, everything also boils back down to nature for that community. So yeah. um, pretty much everyone lives till what was it, like seven sixty-five or something like that? Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it's like it's a society so focused on everything, so focused on like putting so much of themselves yes. into other things, then they zero in on Florence Pugh and they zero in on her character. So it's like the entire time we're also zeroed in on her. So it's like every time you're watching the movie, you're like purely focused on her. And if she would have like, if, if any part of that performance would have been weak, the whole thing would have fallen apart. Correct. Because the, also... Like, because she's the May Queen, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the supporting characters really don't help the movie. Um, Right. They're they're kind of just part of the setting. Um, So the movie is entirely Florence Pugh. And uh, she carries this thing um, from beginning to end 100%. Um, And that's why I also had to agree with Tex about uh, um, her performance. Um, And um, ultimately, I think that this award should go to Florence Pugh. Because of that, because she had no help, um, she yeah. just had to work with setting. Because everyone in that movie was the Americans in the movie. Her friends were trash, right? Um, they were honestly just fodder. Um, yeah, it for was. The they sacrifice. were. Yeah, they were literally there to be fodder. Yeah, and just to fulfill the purpose of like, yeah, like setting up this world. Exactly. You know? uh, this is why I call them part of the setting because they're just there. You know, yeah. um, they don't really make an impact um, in the final uh, um, in the final ending of everything, except for maybe just the boyfriend, maybe. Uh, but uh, again, Florence Pugh is emotionally distraught from beginning to end of this movie, and she's constantly crying, constantly crying, constantly yeah. carrying this emotional baggage that uh, that has struck her because of. Uh, of the death of her, pretty much her entire immediate family at one shot, dude. So like yeah. it's that alone. It's hard to wrap your around. I'm sorry. It's hard to wrap your mind around that. Um, that concept alone, somebody losing their entire family in one swoop. Um, and then just trying to live after that. It's very tough. And I think she does a great job of kind of, portraying those emotions to yeah. the audience because uh, even even somebody for example myself i i am fortunate enough to not have lost a parent yet you know what i mean um or a sibling so um i but i was still very empathetic 
with her during that time. It was very fucking sad because you put yourself in those shoes and you're like, holy shit, what would you do? Yeah. If you just lost your entire fucking family, you know? And she's great at just like selling all of this confusion, selling yep. this thing, and then selling the final relief because the, the society is focused on her. We're focused on her. And we see her transform purely emotionally. And then, you know, with all the flowers, like, represent the fact that she's finally opening up. She's yeah. finally just letting herself go. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And, and that's what I mean. And, and, also, it, and, and also, right at the end, you see her finally be happy. Yeah. Um, you see her kind of release this stress that she has and finally find a home. Because that's what she was looking for the entire movie. She was looking for a home. She She lost her family she lost her home quote unquote right um Mm -hmm. and her boyfriend was no fucking help he was a piece of shit um and so were every everyone else around her so no one really gave her that emotional support that she really needed during that time and see all of this is just it's implied this is all stuff you have to dig into and figure out for yourself because you're just watching it at surface level it's you know it literally if you are just watching it you know you you probably do understand that the grief is a part of it but it's one of those things where it's like once you really think about her performance then all of that starts to stick you know what i mean where it's like oh it really is all about her feeling better just exactly. like hereditary, just like hereditary, it was all about how a family is like falling apart, you know, and it's like how you fall in. It's like how you let Very yourself go in. It's the opposite of hereditary. Where hereditary, you let yourself go into grief. You know what I mean? You you let it, you let it destroy you. And in Midsummer, I was like, no, don't let it destroy you. And, and she's great at that. That's why is she winning it? Are we giving it to Florence Pugh? Florence Pugh is uh, the first uh, winner of the. Performance of the year in the Toe Tag Awards. Congratulations, Florence Pugh. You deserve it, man. Um, shit. Um, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to see what she can do. Um, uh, like Anya Taylor Joy, she is, you know, popping up and fucking everything. I hope, uh, you know, good things are coming. Um, and next up, uh, we, um, it's more of a somber award, um, but it's also an award of, uh, of celebration. This is the first annual eulogy award. Um, it goes to um, someone who contributed um, and someone who contributed good work to the horror community. The, and uh, unfortunately, a person who has, you know, gone from this uh, from this plane of existence. Uh, and this year, uh, the first eulogy award goes to Sid Haig for uh, his work in uh, the Rob Zombie trilogy. Uh the Three from Hell trilogy and his past work in the horror movies, um, his work as Captain Spaulding, um, starting with um, House of a Thousand Corpses, was uh, it was actually something to kind of you know n- not forget. You couldn't fucking forget that shit. And honestly, um, I was one of the few who, um, not one of the few, but I was one of uh, probably many who wasn't really familiar with Sid Haig stuff before. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses. I kind of knew about him because Rob Zombie likes his uh, liked his awkward horror, um, actors and stuff like that. Um, like Ken Forey and stuff like that from back in the day in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, sequel he was in, mm-hmm. um, and uh, in Dawn of the Dead he was in as well. Um, but um, I think Sid Haig was in um the remake of Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead 3D, right? But, um, Captain Spaulding, legit made that dude's career 
um 100 because he was honestly he wasn't well known before that to be honest with you. he was a b-movie yeah. guy right um he, he was a b-movie guy he did his uh his horror thing but rob zombie and the character of captain spaulding in my opinion um definitely um gave him the stamp of kind of you know cult status um and there is not one person who does not know of captain spaulding and his fried chicken right and uh it's uh, it was sad to see how in uh, in three from hell out he's just kind of like a shell of himself and it really sucked because Rob Zombie initially had written him in the entire movie so when he had encountered uh, Sid Haig um, closer to the shooting of the movie Sid was you know just a shell of himself and uh, Zombie had to rewrite the whole movie. And kind of replace him with this other this other dude who's just you know as, as obnoxious as as fucking anyone else is in the movie, and uh, it, it it sucks you know because you, you wish to have seen that three from hell with the original ones you know because why give us you know the sequel to Devil's Rejects and not have Captain Spaulding in it, but right. but that's just how much he meant to that storyline he was the one that grounded these two crazy um uh, crazy characters otis and baby um he was it's some weird way he was you know the the sanest person out of the three of them um but sid Haig, man rest in peace dude and thank you for all your work again thanks for everything man but let's move on uh to some uh to the top two over here man last two categories of the evening um the first annual corpse free toe tag awards the first thing we're gonna talk about is uh the best movie of the year in this category we have six movies we spoke about this at length in the nominee show and the best movies of the year are dr sleep uh, directed by mike flanagan uh we've spoken about this at length and how awesome it was how how strong this movie came into the into the fold yeah it's like it's if we were the academy awards which were better than which we explained earlier oh yeah it it would be like james cameron's titanic you know it's coming in you know it's like it's nominated for like 13 things (laughs) (laughs) i know right it's like you know it's like quentin tarantino right yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I was like, you no, know, because Titanic won all its awards, right? Oh, yeah, spoilers. yeah. Oh, wait, no, I guess, uh, no, they've already heard that, you know. <laughs> yeah, Titanic won all its shit, and Quentin Tarantino yeah. won Best Director for something or other. Right? Yeah, yeah, so there we go. It's Hateful Eight. It's yeah. just, you know, it's there. It, it's, it came in hot. Yeah. It came in hot. Um, and next up, we also have uh, Ma. Who we uh, who we also dug and it was a, a breath of fresh air in the month mm-hmm. of May, um, where we didn't get many horror movies. And uh, this, as we spoke about in the summertime, uh, this was a true kickoff of the summer horror season. Yeah, it was a nice little unique movie, you know, and it, it had some ideas that I didn't expect, like you know the whole some, poisoning her daughter thing. Oh yeah, like, that's some crazy shit, dude. Yeah, it started taking some turns where I just I thought she would start killing kids, but then no, that's not exactly it. And it's it's just good and solid and just unique. But yes. until there's like Ma too, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which which I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine Ma too. That'd be crazy. Part one was solid enough. You know what I mean? Um, that's why it gets. The, that's why it got the nomination. Exactly. 
the next movie on this list is uh, another movie we just spoke about in depth is Midsommar. Um, and uh, we just liked it. We liked it a lot because it was different. Um, it was different. We loved Florence Pugh in it. Um, I think without Florence Pugh, this movie would not be on this list. And she, as we mentioned before, ties everything together and makes this movie some kind of crazy experience that you can, that you need to experience and watch. The next movie on this list is uh, It Chapter 2. Uh, another movie we've spoken in depth about. We actually have a full episode about it. Mm-hmm. Um, go check that out in the archives. It was a good finishing touch to what yes. was a great part one. Um, part one, honestly was better than part two um, in terms of uh, just story and cohesiveness. And just it was very – it was tighter. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. But part two, in terms of the other movies released this year, it definitely deserved the nomination. Yeah, yeah. 100%. um, It brought together a bunch of really good actors and Mm. uh, it put them in these situations where it wasn't really horror – um, it was a very, it, it was a thriller. It was suspenseful, but it was, uh, it was cool, man. It was cool. And Bill Hader killed it. That twist with Richie, uh, being gay, um, was just fucking great. I loved it. Um, and it really brought more, like just more oomph and weight to Richie's character and how meaningful everything was, um, throughout, uh, both movies and how his relationship, uh, was and it was great um and next up is uh, is crawl uh we both uh really dug the action sequences um the gator chases the very uh, confined spaces and uh the action in the confined spaces we dug the look of the gators right the practicality of the cg um and the effects um and how they work together to bring you a nice fucking action movie with with mm-hmm. a surprisingly good ending right yeah let's talk about that real quick we didn't talk about it to not spoil it but you know fuck it like now we're talking about it in the toe tags like like the ending of that movie like it was just very it was a, a happy ending they both lived they both lived and surprisingly after they got thrown everything but the kitchen sink well i think i think the kitchen sink was part of it too um <laughs> yeah but yeah, but uh, those two characters uh, fought through hell, and and they they honestly they deserve to live. So good for yeah. them. It was a solid movie among other solid movies, mm-hmm. and that's why it deserved the nomination, definitely. And um and last but not least, what uh, myself and Tex both agreed is the best movie of the year, mm-hmm. and, and deserves the toe tag for that is Ready or Not. It's fucking great, dude. It's it's such a good movie, uh, through and through, um, in every aspect. In in just in you have your action, you have your horror, you have your gore, you have your comedy in there as well. Um, you have your death game movie, right? You have your cat and mouse game. Um, it's everything wrapped up in one, and it's uh, executed very well. Uh, and it has a very good story that it came out of fucking nowhere because you did not see the ending coming whatsoever. Um, you didn't see the, just, just the story in general about the family and how they got their, their fortune. And, uh, it's just, uh, fucking crazy. Um, and it was a fucking blast to watch, dude. I know you enjoyed it yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. It's... 
it's one of those things where I I feel like it's going to be something I can watch all, over and over. You know, where it's like even when it pops up on it might it might even be too violent for TV. I don't know. They'll figure it out. You know what I mean? They'll find uh, a way I'll, to put it on like FX or sci-fi or something, yeah, right? Yeah, because I I definitely expected to be that kind of movie too. You know, where like every time it's, I'm scrolling through channels, I'm like, oh, dope, ready or not. You know, let me put that on. And yeah, um, I saw it the other day again, just for shits and giggles, like I said before, and it held up, dude. It was even better the second time around because after you experience the first time, you get to watch it again and just watch for all the little nuances and yeah. all, all the little details and the little, know, like, just, you know, foreshadowing going on. Yeah, just thinking about uh, one of my favorite parts is when that dude's on the toilet on his phone. Oh, it's that's like, great. And it's like you see what he's googling. It says "deal with the devil" bullshit or no? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, it's like "deal with the devil" bullshit. It has like fucking question mark or some shit like that. But uh, yeah, but ready or not, um, uh, it was the best we've seen this year. It was mm-hmm. the most fun we had watching a movie, um, and we keep talking about it because it had great kills. It won the best kills of the year, right? Um, yes. It it almost won best performance of the year by Samara Weaving, almost. who almost. we um uh, who we expect to see more of in the future. Oh and, yeah, and expecting very good things from her because just her acting, I think she's a natural. Um and uh, you know, fucking, I can't wait to see more of her. Yeah, big ups to Ready or Not. But who we both thought was going to be fucking trash, right? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, because when that trailer came out, it looked fine. I'm like, you know, oh, it, it's another Netflix movie. <laughs> yeah, it looked fine. I was like, I'm going to watch this on VOD. And I did. But now I'm like, man, it's definitely one I'm going to want to watch a bunch of times. Like, I I definitely – it's it's a TV movie, dude. I definitely imagine myself in a couple of years scrolling through channels and be like, oh, dope. Oh, exactly, <laughs> dude. It was really good. And yeah, big ups to the – also, it's a great ensemble. Let's get up to the whole cast because everyone was just doing their part properly and everyone just did their job to the best of their potential and it it, it all worked. Uh, Samara Weaving um, had a lot of help as well. She was fantastic in the movie but – this is also why I think Florence Pugh had that advantage mm-hmm. um, in that category because um, Weaving had a good amount of help. Um, she had a, a um, Brody, a major Brody, who was awesome in the movie. Um, yeah. And he was really good in that movie. And it um, she had a lot of help in terms of, you know, getting from point A to point B where Florence Pugh was just, you know, all her pretty much from point A to point B. Um, but uh, Ready or Not has a great ensemble cast, great action, great kills, great gore, great story. Um, it's nice and short, just o- just a little bit over 90 minutes. Um, go fucking watch it. If you haven't watched it yet, you know, it's on demand right now. Um, enjoy for the holidays. That's all yeah. you can say about that one. Um, Honestly, yeah. And uh, just to end the first annual Corpse Feet Toe Tag Awards, we're gonna end with um something that's not given out very often because you don't <laughs> you don't end the decade very often. Um, yeah. and uh, this is uh the best of uh of the decade. Um, we're going from twenty ten um to twenty nine uh, from twenty right from twenty ten yeah. to yeah twenty ten to right? the yeah twenty ten to the end of twenty nineteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um the nominees are uh we have the Conjuring. We have Green Room, we have The Babysitter, we have Evil Dead, and we have Train to Busan. Wow. 
Uh, yeah. But each of these we love for different reasons. Yes. Like, and they're all completely different movies. They're all completely different genres of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in Train to Busan, we have the zombie flick, right? Mm-hmm. In Evil Dead, we have the possession flick, right? Mm-hmm. In The Conjuring, we have the evil witch haunted, uh, haunting, haunted house, haunted mm-hmm. house flick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in Green Room, we have the the thriller flick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in The Babysitter, we have the dark comedy, right? Yeah, um, the exploitation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So one of every kind of major category um, under the horror umbrella, man. This was, this was a tough choice. Um, it was tough, yeah. Each in their own right deserves to be on this list and deserves to be a winner. Um, but uh, I... I just changed my mind as we started. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm... So, um, what what do you think about these nominations, man? Which is your favorite? Okay. So, when thinking about every like every one of these movies, it would uh, so top two are Evil Dead and Green Room. Oh man. Yeah. So, so my top two are Evil mm-hmm. Dead and Green Room. Wow! Oh my, yeah. Arturo, we are perfect for each other. I know. Let's get married, Tex. I'm gonna divorce yeah. my wife right now. She's sleeping, so I'm gonna make her sign the papers. Yeah, man. yeah. Just, just yeah. move her hand for. Her. Um, know, uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> these movies, in their own right, um, deserve it. Um, but what? I want to go first. All right. Um, okay. My favorite from these two. Which honestly, um, I love Green Room to death, and I love Evil Dead to death. But I think um, deep down, Evil Dead embodies the spirit of horror and what this whole corpse feed thing is all about. Um, Green Room is fantastic um, in its own right. It's a great original story, but Evil Dead brings to the table this familiarness. Uh, I'm sorry, this familiarity of um, of horror. You know, you are aware of the Evil Dead movie from prior. Um, you know of the cabin in the woods, you know? Um, and that's very just classic horror stuff. And what we get into is just absolute fucking mayhem in this movie. You get blood coming out of every orifice, right? You get practical effects being thrown at you left and right you get severed arms severed jaws fucking like needles and and nails in the eye and you get glass in the eye and boiling skin um and great prosthetics and a creepy possessed uh, um uh, uh protagonist you get everything in this one this is why i think this one in general is my favorite horror movie of the decade um when i first saw it in theaters I was like, whoa, I just watched something special. Um, this was fantastic. And till this day, when I watch that movie, I have the same feeling because it is just that good. I agree. At the end of the day, Evil Dead is also my pick for best of the decade. Yes. Now, going down the list, Babysitter is great. And I'm glad like 2017, you know, the la- the latter half of the decade also gave us something good. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? 
like I'm glad that there were still hits coming out. I mean, and ready or not, Samara Weaving. There you go. Like she's she's obviously a hit in whatever she does. Exactly. Because you know? if it wasn't best of 2019, it was one of the best of the decade. And then then you have you have The Conjuring, which has is some of the best jump scares in like the last decade. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like like the clap game. Oh, no. dude. Classic. Oh, yeah. Like, even and now, even now, the clap game still kind of gets you real quick because you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And, like, um, these these movies are great. And Green Room, it's the same thing where it's, like, it's a human horror. And it's very grounded. It's very visceral. It's very, like, well-performed. Like, it's very tense. And it is, it is like, nail-biting horror. But... When you put it up against Evil Dead, which has all of that same intensity, yeah, ju- just like with gore and with like pleasing visuals and pleasing like it's gross as hell, but it's also super unique, yeah, it's creative, dude. It's, it's and- a horror fan's dream, dude. Yeah, um, it has everything in it. It has that B movie kind of twinge atmosphere, yeah, kind of rolling around, but then it goes into the A. When it gets into the action, um, and yeah. it really kind of um, it, like I mentioned, you, the audience already knows about Evil Dead, yeah, so, and it, so it's they a know remake, about dude. it, dude. Yes, on exactly. top of everything, yeah. like like you're saying, it's a remake, it's a sequel, it's a reboot, but it's still like its own movie, yeah, and it's it's. We we okay, and one of our lost archives out there, the for Gorilla Press movies or R.I.P. Uh, we actually decided that the the new Evil Dead was better than the original one. You know what? We should put it back out for these people, <laughs> right? Yeah. During yeah, well, during the holiday times. Yeah, I right? think we'll, we, we'll put it we, up as a rebrand it, fucking yeah. org. <laughs> uh, you know. Um, we'll, we'll put it as a bonus episode, you know, absolutely, just to, just to cover the spread as a, as a holiday gift to everybody. But uh, we did decide that the new Evil Dead was better, and it's for all the reasons you said. Where, like, it it does all of this stuff, and years later, we I I still remember it. Do you know what I mean? Like off the bat, like the, you remember the, the beginning of that movie? It fucking throws you like intense right off the bat when. Uh, the dad captures his daughter, right? Yeah. And his daughter was possessed, so he had to, like, burn his daughter alive. Yeah. And, like, shoot her in the fucking face. Remember that <laughs> yeah. shit? Yeah. It's <laughs> and just... like, I was like, I got you and your fucking, you know, bitch daughter whore or whatever. And he's like, yeah, oh, he's like, I'm sorry, and I'll shoot you in the face. It's great because it's a remake that benefits from us. Like you're saying, it benefits from us knowing the evil dead already. And it knows we know the evil dead. So it's like, why hide the dead? I start out with it. And they did. Yeah. They start out and show us what this thing is. There's no mystery. They don't pretend like it's a, Oh, maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's not, you know, there's no wasted time. It's just right on into it. Exactly. They, um, that's a very good point. They throw you a dead eye and a possession and a killing right off the bat. And a crazy, just like vulgar, in your face, blatant killing, um, just to get you prepared. Like, hey, listen, like, remember, this, this is the is, tone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is what, you know, this is all about here. This is why we're here right now. Um, and uh, we're going to throw you some more. Like, if you think this is crazy, like, just wait, you know? Yeah. And they delivered tenfold, dude, everything from, uh, like, they give you that downtime, right? 
but after our protagonist, I f- totally forgot her name. Um, uh, at, Mia. Yeah. A- yeah. After Mia gets, you know, gets got in the woods, right? Like shit just starts getting intense from there, dude. And it's a it's a career defining, it's career making and career defining for Jane Levy, where it's like I no agree. matter what what she does, uh, unfortunately, it's one of those things where it's like this is the best thing wherever we i mean cool if she surprises us i'm all for it hell yeah but it's one of those things where i'm like we saw everything yeah um like one of the best moments that i think she had was when after um after her moment in the woods um she was back in the cabin and then her brother was questioning her and she was just like you see her kind of her face like freaking out and she's like yo we have to get out of here like now and then everyone was just kind of blaming her, her withdrawal from drugs, whichever it was. I think it was heroin or something like that. Not yeah. um, no, no, or coke. Yeah, it's yeah, like, one of those one of those yeah. hard drugs. Like everyone in the cabin thought it was just her going through withdrawal cold turkey. This is why she was fucking acting funny. And her, she yeah. was like fucking like freaking out. She was like, "Oh my god, we have to get out of here right now." Um, and then. It, it, it was it was just really well done and her her acting in that movie um throughout the course of the movie from being her normal self all the way to the possessed and all the way to what we see at the end of the movie which is our version of ash um in mia um with chainsaw and all uh mm. it was just fucking fantastic um it's a great fucking flick and it still holds I mean- up to this day it's the only movie of the decade with like the or the only one I've seen that I remember with Raining Blood. So, dude, Raining Blood and Droves, bro. Mm-hmm. It, it was uh, legit Slayer's finest. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, that's it, man. Yeah, congratulations, Evil Dead. I'm I'm glad we got to see something like that this decade, you know, and it was a good solid ten years of movies. There was a lot of stuff that could have gone in that category. Yeah, dude, and, we got like ten years of Mike Flanagan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, in those ten years of Mike Flanagan, we we got Oculus, we got Oculus, we got um, uh, Ouija two, mm-hmm. we got Hush, Absentia, House on Haunted Hill, we got Gerald's Game. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, not House on Haunted Hill, Haunting of Hill House. I always mm-hmm. confuse it. Um, and then, then you got Doctor Sleep, which and is then we, and then he ended his fucking decade off with a big budget Hollywood movie, mm-hmm. Doctor and, Sleep, and it didn't suck. And it didn't suck. And 2019 gave us a lot of like. I'm glad it's been such a solid year for movies, as, as we've learned through this whole awards process. We got you know? some major disappointments though in Godzilla and did. Hellboy. Yeah. We definitely yeah. expected more from those two movies, especially with David Harbour as Hellboy. I kind of was hoping that was a little bit successful, just because D- David Harbour, you know, is dope. It was it was fun, man. We we got um, a good early um set of movies as well as mentioned before um in the previous episode um we talk about escape room a little bit it came out mm-hmm. earlier in the year prodigy is another one with a, a crazy twist ending which mm-hmm. is uh uh which uh, i'm not even gonna give it up because it's fucking dope um we got some uh pet cemetery earlier in the year as well which was fun to watch um and then we got ma we got annabelle the child's play remake um we got crawl midsummer we got fucking it chapter two 
Doctor Sleep. Uh, it was fun. It was a good year of horror. Um, it ended strong. Um, and that's always great. I hope uh, next year we get a lot of more fucking fun shit. I have yeah. no idea what's on the slate for next year. Me neither. Um, I, and, I uh, mean, time. yeah. Oh, the, oh, I, I think we're going to begin the year talking about the grudge. Maybe, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we still, there's still hope for 2018 ends on a strong note with Black Christmas too. Oh, 2019, so, you, you know, mean? Yeah, and then, but 2020, yeah, we have the grudge. Yeah, and Black Christmas, whatever. that's right. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Join us the next week when we talk about Krampus, right? Yeah, yeah. We're definitely talking Krampus. Uh, what was the other one? I The original Black Christmas, we gotta go down. Krampus. There's, an, the there's original, a remake on top of that. Yes, the original Black Christmas. The remake of the original, and then the remake of the remake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we're also going to um, talk about uh, some other like Christmas setting horror yeah, movies. Yeah, there's, like there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Gremlins. Gremlins, yeah. right? Um, yeah. What other ones are there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all in the pipeline. So uh, It's all it's all yeah. there. <laughs> but um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm glad you guys joined us for the first annual corpse feed toe tag awards um it was fun man i'm glad we got a a nice solid 10 categories with uh, some solid selections there except for the shitty ones obviously um and uh don't forget to check out uh the social feeds facebook instagram twitter um the website corpsefeed.com don't forget to check out comicbook.com too where mr uh text over here nick valdez but yeah uh you know, uh, just to end off this conversation real quick, since we spoke about just p- possessions and demons and shit, um, one, I had a quick note in my notepad, right, for uh, this whole award show. And I just wanted to know, like, why is it that when somebody gets possessed, right, the demon's mm. always so vulgar? Mm. Well, that's hell, man. Right? Uh, you know, only, mm. only hell people Listen. use... Lucifer is a pretty sophisticated fucker, Um, (laughs) but like, like, why do they have to be so raunchy about it? You know what? That's hell, man. All they want to do is is do bad stuff. All they want to do is fuck whores, right? All all, all they want to do is just fuck your mom. (laughs) That's what it really seems like. All it is is yeah. Every demon just wants to fuck your mom. They all want to do nasty stuff to your mom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that was a thought I had to get out there. Um, yeah, dude, uh, you have a, a fucking fantastic week, and uh, remember, folks, it's a scary world out there. But uh, me and Tex will walk you through it bit by bit. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us, and uh, big shout out to uh, Glenn Morowski for supplying us with the music. Uh, thanks, Glenn. Appreciate it. And check out his SoundCloud. Um, it's it's linked up to the the cast. Have a good one, folks. See it, Arturo? Dude, um, Go- Ghostbusters Afterlife. All right, so, so um, what? <laughs> I am totally down for it, dude. I don't know. I first of I, all, um, 
I am down because of that young actress, McKenna Grace, I believe that's her name. Um, we saw her first in Annabelle Comes Home. Right, that, yes. That was a daughter. Um, and she is in another movie that um, I saw a trailer for um, as well. And I saw her in Ghostbusters. And I know that she's a very good actress. So I have hope for this movie because also they have Finn Wolford, right? And Finn isn't too yeah. bad at acting either. It's um, one of those things where it's like, um, you know, he. I guess he's always going to be the Stranger Kids thing. But then yeah. at the same time, I can't fault him for that. I'm like, if you're good at that, do it. I, I'd yeah. rather somebody good at it do that kind of thing. Exactly. Right? Um, I, I don't think we'll be disappointed. Um, I think the yeah. movie follows uh, – the grandkid of, of Egon, right? Yeah, right? Is it, isn't that like, uh, I know it wasn't confirmed that they were like his family or whatever. They're trying to be mysterious. But, but I, I, I'm pretty she, sure that's yeah, Egon the grandkid. Yeah, when they, when she looks at the jumpsuit, it says like Spangler on it. So yes. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And, um, <laughs> It's dope how fucking Paul Rudd's in it, right? Yeah, like, I thought he was, like, would have been, like, a Ghostbuster. So that would have been cool. But then it, then it's, like... Well, well, listen, well this- listen, he actually has the one who... He's the one who knows about the yeah, fucking... The proton you know pack he, and the trap. You know right? he's going to put it on at one point, right? Dude, he like, has to. He has to. Because I see... Uh, he's going to be the science teacher who they go to for all the help, right? Like, Stranger Things and Jace. Yes, absolutely. But, but then... But then he's – I feel like cause since it's Paul Rudd, they'll make him a little more nerdy about it, you know, because he already knows the Ghostbusters stuff in the trailer, right? So and it's then like, it's cool that he shows him like a YouTube clip of like part yeah, one, right? Yeah. Where they're going to so go cool. fucking fight Zool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like at one point he's probably going to dress up in the whole thing. So we get like – we're going to get him in a jumpsuit. I don't you know, know man. I mean? Like I, I dig it. Um why the fuck not? Like, yeah, I'm you down know, for more Ghostbuster shit. And if this introduces my kids to Ghostbusters even more so, you know, like, yeah, I can show them part one, but, you know, it's part- like the stuff is a little dated for them, you know? Yeah, uh, like, uh, it, it would have been... That's the other thing, too, because if they would have just did, like, if they would have just had comedians doing the Ghostbusters again, like part, like the reboot they tried to do, like, that didn't work because it was just the same movie. You know, like, it was just Ghostbusters again. And so at least this one looks different. Yeah, exactly. It was Ghostbusters again, but with women. Yeah. Um, There wasn't really, you know, much change with the uh, formula for that one. But this one looks different. This one looks um, like they got a good idea. You know, they're like, holy shit, this is a good idea. We haven't explored this way of doing it. And you know what? It looks good. I like how... The ghost kind of came from the bottom of the barn. Um, that looked fun. Um, yeah, dude. Did fun. you? God, there's so many people still complaining about it. Dude, you tell I don't me. Get, yeah, so I don't get it, dude. Like, okay, so I was reading uh, or I was looking at Twitter, you know, when the trailer came out and all that stuff. You know, I'm seeing what people are saying about it. I'm putting up my own thoughts, you know, as you do on Twitter. You're like, oh, yeah. Like, I was like, trailer looks red. You know what I mean? And then I see someone like, so first of all, one of the complaints is that it looks too serious. What? It's like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when there's a parody of like a reboot and it's like it's taking a thing more seriously than it should be. You know, like imagine if she would have been like a... If they would have, like, opened, um, fuck, I'm like, I'm trying to think of, like, a ridiculous car. So when they open the garage, it's like, it's not the Ecto-1, it's like the fucking ice cream truck or something. Yeah, you know? it's like a fucking Tesla. 
No, no, or like I'm trying to think of like another reboot. Like, um, like imagine instead of Ghostbusters, what's another fucking cartoon? Uh, like imagine if all that was like fucking uh, Captain Caveman. Okay, you know? yeah. Like that's the kind of thing. You know what I mean? Where it's like it's a parody of like. Um, of a reboot of like, oh, it's a little more serious than it is. Oh, yeah. here's a uh, here's okay. an old club covered in dust. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> here's a here's an like old the Power Rangers tape. reboot, right? The Power Rangers yes. reboot. Yeah. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. There we go. That's I what you. I was searching for this yeah. whole time. Yeah. The minute yeah. you said that the, <laughs> the, the Captain Caveman Club covered in dust, I, I was like, oh, that sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you see yeah. it, like, uh, in a world where a long yeah. time ago, yeah, yeah, you had heroes walking around the earth, yeah, fighting dude, dinosaurs. It's... <laughs> and then, you know, in the, yeah, you hear the whisper, because yeah, it's serious. You know, oh, like when yeah. They, yeah, when the kid finds the, the dust, cl- the dirt-covered club, you hear, Captain K. Oh, my God. <laughs> And then, you know, because... I'd watch I think, that. <laughs> yeah, the, the Ghostbusters reboot, that first one, the trailer had the slow-down version of the of the Ghostbusters of the scene, remember? Yeah. So... But that was Imagine the major... This, but that was, like, that was the major downfall of that movie. No, um, no, but... You, you, this trailer was made for something like that. I was expecting it. When I was watching it, I was expecting the... The, <laughs> the little... Do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, you're expecting that slowdown, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't get but, it. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm digging it. I 100% liked what I saw, dude. I don't see the problem. Like, Ghostbusters yeah. isn't that great anyway. I like, don't see. I mean, I, I'm i not going to call it. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's not great. Um, but I'm not going to say it's excellent. Um, yeah. I'm going to say it's a, it's an essential piece of horror and American movie history. Yeah, that's true. That like it's just it's because of the actors involved. Um, it's part of the American fabric um, and the horror fabric to kind of, you know, you kind of like Ghostbusters or you're, you know, you're a fucking <laughs> or, or, or you're a nerd. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's one of those like, you ain't seen Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta see the Ghostbusters. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think uh, Ghostbusters in general was the originally was also pimped out because you had fucking two of SNL's best and Dan Aykroyd and yeah. Bill Murray in it. You know what I mean? It was, it was a lot of things that sh- just kind of came together and worked. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was, and it just, it clicked. Everything clicked all at the same time. Yeah. And it's, it's a rare thing that happens. And yeah. what, and what people have to realize, like, especially horror people have to realize, like it, it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's meant to be a comedy. It was written by Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray as a comedy. And I'm sorry, by Dan Aykroyd and, um, and uh, Raitman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a comedy. Um, but they were able to infuse these aspects of ghosts to it. Um, and it just worked well because they could get away with this comedy they wanted to do in this kind of landscape. Um, and these fucking trolls on the internet just got to stop. Like what – They yeah, they, they, they really did, hated that second one, dude. Or- they did one – 
the first Ghostbusters was awesome. The second mm-hmm. one was pretty good. It, it, it was it was more along the B movie line than it was than it was actually supposed to. I think, in my opinion, yeah, because um, yeah. see, because so not even Ghostbusters could do Ghostbusters again. No, exactly. You know I mean? Like part yeah, not two, even that same team. Could part do the two part. was just absolutely. Like yes, we get the you know the fabric of Ghostbusters is ridiculous, but um, part two was just fucking out there. They sprayed that goo on the fucking mm-hmm. Statue of Liberty, and they had and they walked all the way to the fucking museum to fight this fucking painting that came to life. Come on, dude! Like at least like with part one, you had this awesome story where there was this certain location where um activity is is major um and uh, a gateway would open in that location because there was so much activity going on oh yeah so i read a thing that um so in the trailer there's a thing i forget what the guy's name is it's like shonar or something like that s something but the guy who built the building in the first one yeah so there's a there's a like a mine with his name on it so that's where they're like oh maybe it's like gozer again you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's Which, dope. Honestly, like that's the thing. I don't see why that's a problem either. Bring it back. Do it, dude. Like, cause it's it that's works. what all the Ghostbusters fans want, right? Because it's like apparently they hated the one with the women. I don't know why. Like it was fine. It just I thought it was fine. I thought it was a, like a passable kind of um, yeah, like, a fun it's not great. reimagination. Yeah, it's not great, but it's just part one again. But like, know? also and like people were just hating it because they were just being really misogynistic about it. Yeah, like it, hate it, just it was just women, not dude. fair. Like, yeah. oh, women, this like, what does that have to do with anything? I thought it was fun. I thought Chris Hemsworth, the addition of, of Chris Hemsworth in that movie was a surprise. And and it really showed how kind of funny and quirky he can actually fucking be. Um, yeah, it was different. I liked, you know? um, I liked Leslie Jones in it. Yeah, you she know, was she... really good as fucking uh, uh, as the uh, what is it the niece of Ernie Hudson, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he shows up at the end. yeah, because yeah. he showed up as a funeral director, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and it was a fun movie. I liked uh, the graphics. The ghosts looked fucking dope. Yeah, I definitely liked uh, um, the way they looked. It was really fun. It was great. Yeah, um, and the main the main villain, like the whole thing, like it's all meta commentary about how it's like the fans are the enemy, you know? Yeah. All this the toxic fandom is like the true enemy, blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah. cool, man, you did it, but it was fine. It's like, but I get it, but I don't get to hate. You know, like it's not a movie worth hating. It's a movie worth like, yeah, that one was fine. It's not you Batman, on. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not Superman. Where you yeah. can like hate the casting of somebody as Superman because you because there's so much history behind a certain character. These are characters that made it past not even not even dude. They had one good movie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one good movie, and and yeah. and it was good because of the cast. Um, and if the cast weren't great at what they did in that movie the movie would have been fucking trash my man because it was listen ghostbusters if you didn't have sigourney weaver in there bill murray dan ackleroyd right ivan raitman fucking ernie hudson um rick moranis right dude yeah fucking uh uh harold raitman uh yeah harold ramis fucking uh if you didn't have these people creating this movie, dude, it would have been trash. 
Mm-hmm. Like it would have been trash, man. But like you said, it all kind of worked well. It all worked well together. They found uh, this concoction. Um, it honestly, it's like a uh, a one hit wonder. Honestly, in my opinion, a, a part two was not needed. Um, a, the part two actually made part one look a little worse. Yeah, um, which sucks. <laughs> um, because it's like, oh, I thought Ghostbusters was better. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't worry about part two. Watch part one. No, but part two came out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. you had some fun with the Statue of Liberty um, and the singing of higher and higher. Yeah. Um, but, you but know, with, it's, you know, it's um, Vigo, man. You know, no. <laughs> um, Vigo was fun when I was little. But then watching it again, it does not hold up one <laughs> fucking bit. Um, it really doesn't. How, how they managed to snag Sigourney Weaver back for that one, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think because had... I think because the originals were back. She was like, "Fuck it, if they're back, I'm back." Yeah, like I mean, she probably got a good check out of there too. To be honest, like why not? But Sigourney Weaver was in everything back then, dude. Fucking Ripley, dude. Yeah, oh, um, Sporty Weaver. Yeah, She's one of the legends. Absolutely, one of the pure, pure legends. One of the one of the oh, icons. Man. Um, and the and the Corpse Feed Hall of Fame, um, which we should do. That's a fun episode, I think. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe. But um, yeah. but nah, yeah, man. dude. Oh, dude! Fucking these nerds has got to stop. <laughs> um, they really, they really, really have to stop because it's it's getting out of control. It's like we say, right? Like if you're if your mindset and your heart is in the right place for a remake, fucking go for it, dude. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, we've said it thousands of times. Where it's like, if you're doing something different, do like do it. Like, I don't care. You know, the whole point of making the movie again is to like do something else. Because you yeah. know what? Too, we're gonna all fucking watch it. Yeah, I mean, we saw Lion King. <laughs> oh, listen, I would actually like to forget that experience. Oh, man. I can't believe Lion King came out this year. And it got nominated for, like, animated movie. Yeah, it's funny. Disney didn't submit it for animated movie, but it got nominated for animated movie. No way. Yeah, yeah. They submitted it for, like, just the regular stuff. Listen, we all know Frozen 2 is going to win. Either that, either that or Toy Story 4. Yeah, it's right? gonna be one of the one of the Disney ones. Honestly, I don't know what else is nominated? Which one? Would you, which one would you pick? A Toy Story two or Frozen two? I mean, a Toy Story four <laughs> or Frozen two? Mm, I haven't seen Frozen two yet. Oh, you gotta watch yeah. it too. And Toy Story four was fine. Yeah, like, I, I mean, it's it ends on a, like a like a sad note, but it, I, it's kind of it's. The same I think thing where, I think that's what it had. To go with. You know what I mean? Yeah, because Toy Story 3, man, Toy Story 3 ended. Yeah, exactly. You know what That's mean? what I'm like, saying. Part 4, I think, was going with the, oh, Woody, go bye-bye thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think and, that was but, the major thing with Part 4. Yeah, and because of that, like, none of the other characters were in it. What's no. the point of calling it a Toy Story when it, it's like, you know, it, everyone else stays in the background for fucking... Just call it fucking Woody's Roundup or some shit. Honestly, yeah. Right? Like, if you would have just... If you would have told me this movie's like a Woody movie, like it would have been Woody, a Toy Story story. Yeah, I wish, I, I, I wish we would have gotten <laughs> like, more of the gang. Like, like fucking Solo? Yeah, so dude. It's just been a Toy Story story. <laughs> fucking... I wish we would have gotten more buzz... Yeah, it would have been Woody, a Toy Story. And story. more fucking Jane, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry, Jesse. 
Yeah, and you know that's the thing. So it's like you can't call it a. I don't know. Yeah, Toy Story three ended it. It's, it was over. It's, it's a Toy Story, Woody, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, exactly. No, but Frozen two is dope. We should watch Frozen two. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Um, I saw it uh, <laughs> the other day. Um, on Friday again, right L- last week. Um, by myself. Oh, you were in some Frozen two again <laughs> in IMAX. Um, inebriated. Um, and uh, it was awesome. Oh, I, I, I had no kids telling me, "Daddy, you gotta go to the bathroom." I'm like, "No, you fucking don't. You gotta <laughs> fucking hold that shit." <laughs> yeah, fucking climax is coming. <laughs> He's like, but I can't wait. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So you had to come see it again. So you saw the, you know, that's, so you saw that, the that's exactly why I had to go see it again. <laughs> yep, legit. That's exactly oh, why I had to go man. see it again. Because when I came back, I was like, what happened? <laughs> Let me get that, was, that was the emotional resolution I needed. Exactly. And all because this little kid had to fucking pee a couple of drips. <laughs> I'm like, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. So oh, many man. things to learn, young Padawan. 